Shalom, and thank you for listening to sermons from Tikvot Israel, a Messianic synagogue in the heart of Richmond, Virginia. Listening to the podcast is great, but if you want the full experience, please join us Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for our worship service. We are located at the corner of Boulevard and Grove, across from the Art Museum. For more information, you can visit our website at tikvotisrael.com. There, you can support the ministry, learn more about Messianic Judaism, and contact us with any questions or comments. May Hashem bless you through the hearing of His Word. All right, here we go. You guys ready to sing? All right, join, join in if you know this. <clears throat> here we go. When Israel was in Egypt's land. How's it go? There we go. Oppressed so hard they could not stand. Let my people go. Go down, Moses. Way down in Egypt's land. Tell old Pharaoh to go. All right, give yourselves a hand. Okay, so this song, uh, if you haven't guessed it uh, uh, before now, it comes from where in the Torah, do you think? Exodus. Yes, it's actually this week's Parsha it comes from. It's in Exodus 8.1. With those instructions come to Moses to tell Pharaoh to let my people go. This, of course, is an old Negro spiritual. It's drawing from the freedom of the Israelites Um, and as inspiration for the enslaved African-Americans in the South. And so what they would do, they would sing it in the fields to encourage one another about freedom, and it was also used um, supposedly as a signal for the Underground Railroad to carry them into the North to freedom. The Exodus narrative of redemption from slavery is foundational. It's so important in Scripture, and it's repeated over and over in the Bible. Uh, In fact, when we came out of exile and we went back into the land, that was like a second exodus. The the imagery from the exodus and the words uh, in the Torah uh, are repeated there. At the end of the age, of course, there will be a final exodus, And there will be a redemption of all things. That's told about in the book of Revelation. The redemption narrative of Exodus has inspired many people who are in oppression or in hardship to trust in God's deliverance. It is a great revelation of God's character and identity, right? In in Genesis, we saw God as creator. That is the main revelation. And now in Exodus, we see the God of redemption, God as redeemer. Amen? In other words, God doesn't just create life, but he intervenes in human history to save us. But what exactly is redemption in the scriptures, right? I mean, uh, if you think about the word redeem, uh, in common usage, uh, you could redeem a lot of things. You could redeem uh, a coupon, right? You know, and that, but that, that doesn't quite capture the meaning of what we're talking about here, does it? So how can we apply this understanding to our own lives? And what does it really mean that he is the God of redemption? So near the beginning of this week's Parsha, 
we find the verses, um, very important verses, that are referenced in the, uh, uh, in the Passover Haggadah, when we tell the four cups. Um, there's four cups that we traditionally uh, have during the Passover Seder, and uh, that comes from this verse. And this verse is in Exodus uh, 6, verses 6 through 8. Do we have it? All right. And this is what it says. Um, and I've highlighted uh, where we get each of the four cups from. All right. Therefore, say to the people of Israel, I am Adonai. I will free you from the forced labor of the Egyptians. I will rescue you from their oppression and redeem you. There's the third cup with an outstretched arm and with great judgments, and I will take you as my people. That's the fourth cup, and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am Adonai, your God, who freed you from the forced labor of the Egyptians. I will bring you into the land which I swore to give to Abraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. I will give it to you as your inheritance. I am Adonai. Okay? So that third statement there, that is redemption. It uses the root word Ga'al, and Redeemer is Go'el. It's the same root. Can we try that? Ga'al. And try Go'el. Go'el means what? Redeemer, right? He's the Redeemer. And it's used for the first time from the mouth of Hashem in this text, in the, in the entire scriptures. And this is where, of course, where we get the cup of redemption, the third cup of the Passover Seder when we remember this story, remember the Exodus. The only earlier example of this word, redemption, ga'al, in the Torah, it comes at a very interesting part, and it, it comes from the mouth of Jacob, when he is blessing Ephraim and Menashe. Okay? And this is what it says. The God in whose presence my fathers, Avraham and Yitzhak, lived, the God who has been my own shepherd all my life long to this day, the angel who rescued me from all harm, bless these boys, referring to his grandchildren. Remember the end of the story, he's blessing his Joseph's sons, his grandchildren. And this is from Genesis 48, verses 15 through 16. Notice the word rescued there, that is redeemed, that is ga'al, okay? So that's the first mention of this word in Scripture. Remember, this is at the end of Jacob's life. Remember everything he went through, right? The whole story of Joseph is also about Jacob. The word rescued here, as I said, is the same word as redemption, ga'al. So the redemption and rescuing in the life of Jacob implies that, in a sense, God plays the long game with redemptive narratives. In other words... God is redemptive through the ups and downs of our lives. Certainly, that was true in the life of Jacob. Redemption doesn't necessarily take away the pain of life, but it acknowledges that pain and gives it meaning. It redeems it, redeems the suffering of our lives, okay? So think of, uh, let's think of the life of Jacob for a moment. Why did Jacob describe God in this way as redemptive? Well, this is the Redeemer God with whom Jacob wrestled. Remember it says the angel? I think that's a, a reference to the fact that uh, he wrestled with the angel. He wrestled with God, right? This shows the struggling, the wrestling amidst redemption, 
Okay? God also brought reconciliation and saved Jacob from someone. Do we remember this? Who was that from? From Esau, his brother. Okay? The wrath of Esau, God redeemed him out of that. Redemption is the healing of old wounds. It is forgiveness. And it is uh, delivering from the harsh consequences of our own actions. Jacob certainly deserved to be uh, the vengeance of Esau, but God delivered him, redeemed him from that situation. And he brought reconciliation between the brothers. Hallelujah. Um, he also, God also brought Joseph back to Jacob. And in a sense, he, he died. He died uh, in Jacob's knowledge. So it was as if God brought him back. It's a kind of resurrection. Do we see that? Okay, it's a restoration, it's a reversal from death to life. He thought he had lost his son, and God brought him back. He redeemed Joseph back to Jacob, okay? So, therefore, the Redeemer God rescues us not from suffering, but through suffering. Not from suffering, but through suffering. And the same is true for the Israelites. Think about what they're going through at this time, right? There's years of hardship in order to see the redemption of freedom. There's uh, about 400 years of slavery. It's not, it's not a walk in the park, right? No one is saying that, but yet God is faithful to redeem us. As I said, the word for redeemer is goel. And where else do we see this, uh, this word, redeemer? Well, uh, there's a, uh, the, the, most, the best example of this word and the idea comes from the story of Ruth. Did anyone think of this? Kinsman Redeemer. That's right. That's the word Goel. Okay, remember, Naomi has lost her husband, and she's lost her sons-in-law, and uh, all that she has left is Ruth. And uh, Ruth is her daughter-in-law, but she has no, you know, relation to her anymore because all the men have passed away. But Ruth does what? She clings to Naomi, right? And she takes care of her. And the kinsman redeemer, the Goel, is known in this story as Boaz, right? And he is distantly related to Naomi. So God brings redemption, right? When he marries Ruth, he redeems the land, right? And keeps it in the family. He redeems his wife, his bride, and he redeems the entire situation, there is redemption. So when Ruth has a child through Boaz, that becomes redemption for Naomi. They said it's as if Naomi has had a son, right? And it's better to her than ten sons, her, her child through Ruth, who of course is a, an ancestor of Yeshua and King David in the Davidic line. So we see the redemption narrative runs through this story. You know, once God redeemed a table in my life. Um, you see, I was part of a, a young adults Jewish group here in Richmond, and I went to a few events, uh, which went very well, and I felt I was connecting with the wider Jewish community. Of course, um, we see ourselves as at Tikvot Israel as part of the Jewish community, so we try to be involved where we can. And uh, there was a leader of this group, and on, on the Facebook page, she said uh, she likes to get coffee with, uh, with people. And uh, so she invited me for coffee, and I was very hopeful. 
about my participation in the community. Uh, but when I got there to this, uh, uh, to this establishment, she was sitting next to um, a local rabbi. She wasn't alone. She didn't tell me about this. And uh, my heart just kind of sank. And I knew it was going to be an awkward situation. And uh, so they found out about my beliefs, and they asked me, you know, politely, but they asked me not to come back to any of the events. And uh, I hadn't done anything wrong, and they made that clear that it wasn't because I had done anything, but it was just because of my belief in Yeshua as the Messiah, that they couldn't, uh, they couldn't accept that I could be part of the community at this time. And uh, so a little bit while later, I was having a, a mentoring meeting with uh, Rabbi David Rudolph, and he suggested uh, a place for us to meet, and guess where he picked? <laughs> right? It's the same establishment, and uh, he suggested that, and I told him, you know, this is where I was uh, kind of kicked out of this group, you know, this, and he said, well, maybe we should meet somewhere else, and I thought about it, and I said, no, I think uh, we, could, we could redeem it, right? Or the, the Lord could redeem this, this place, right? So we sat at the exact same table, Right? But here, I was sitting with uh, my mentor and good friend, Rabbi David, and we, made, uh, we decided to make happy and good memories at this table. So we called it the Table of Redemption. Right? And there it remains to this day. It, is now, it has now been transformed. Okay? So we see that redemption is, is, is God intervening in our lives to take us through hardship into something that is complete something that is full of shalom. This is how God wants to be made known in our lives today. It's the same in Exodus as it is today. But how does redemption work in our lives? Is there still a kind of slavery that we need God to redeem us from or take us out of? Is that true? Yes, there is the slavery of sin, the sin nature. See, ironically, I was rejected by this group for my trusting in Yeshua, but Yeshua is the focal point of the redemption in my life. In my life, about 15 years ago, um, I was liberated from guilt and shame and idolatry by trusting in Yeshua, the Messiah. You see, without redemption, we are all slaves to the sin nature, to relying on things other than God. Without God rescuing us, we are shackled to rebellion, rebellion against God. Uh, and in Romans 7, verses 14 through 25, this is how Paul puts it. For we know that the Torah is of the Spirit. That is, the Torah, the law, is good. But as for me, I am bound to the old nature, sold to sin as a slave. I don't understand my own behavior. I don't do what I want to do. Instead, I do the very thing I hate. Can we relate to this scripture? Yes. For I know that there is nothing good housed inside me that is inside my old sin nature. I, I can want what is good, but I can't do it. For I don't do the good I want. Instead, the evil that I don't want to do is what I do. This is a kind of enslavement that we have. What a miserable creature I am. Who will rescue me from this body bound for death? Thanks be to God, he will, through Yeshua the Messiah, our Lord. All of humanity, all of humanity needs the redemption of Yeshua the Messiah. This is not to say that we are inherently bad, 
um, in, our, in our soul, right? But it does mean that we all struggle. We all have these shackles which are holding us back. So we need to be freed from them. 1 John 1 verse 8 says that anyone who says they're without sin, <clears throat> they're deceiving themselves, right? We like to think of ourselves as generally good people. We like to, uh, to think that we're, we're okay. <clears throat> we don't like to look at our, our mistakes where we turn away from God. But the reality is that uh, we, there's a proverb that says we, we think that we're all right in our own mind, but God weighs the heart. He sees the things that we try to cover up, okay? We're, really, we're all kind of like Jacob, okay? We've, we've hurt our brother, and, and then we try to run away from our issues. We try to run away from our problems, and we try to cover up our mistakes. But only God can actually bring us out of this cycle, because it is a cycle. Only God can redeem us out of that. Yeshua, his name, of course, means salvation, if you add a hey at the end. And this fits in with the Exodus redemption narrative perfectly. When the apostles began to share the narrative, the story of Yeshua in Acts 4, this is how Kepha, also known as Peter, puts it. Let's read it together. There is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by whom we must be saved. Let's read it again. There is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by whom we must be saved. The Greek word for salvation here is uh, soteria. And it's the word often translated from Yeshua with the hey. It's uh, the salvation word. In the Greek Septuagint, that's the uh, Greek um, Tanakh. So besides the obvious link to, that's the Messiah's name, Yeshua, right? There's a definitional link between salvation and redemption. They're synonyms, right? It's a bringing out of slavery. It's a um, renewal. And both, both of these words describe the story of Exodus, right? We were saved out of Egypt. We were redeemed out of Egypt. Yeshua's death on the tree is meant to be a fulfillment of the Exodus story. It doesn't just happen in a vacuum. It's, it's the fulfillment of this. He is the Lamb of God who was slain for our sins. He defeated death and he rose again to redeem us from the slavery of sin. We often think of salvation when we hear this word as just a rescuing from judgment or perhaps a eternal life with God. But it's much more than that. Salvation and redemption are a rescuing from the slavery of sin to a devoted life before God. As a redeemed people, we should be radically different than we were before our relationship with Yeshua. Rabbi Michael Schiffman, who has visited our congregation many times and is the president of Hevra, um, who, which is a humanitarian organization that helps the poor in Eastern Europe. And uh, he uh, sometimes will tell this story. At one point, Rabbi Schiffman needed a medical procedure that his insurance did not cover and which he could not afford. It was very expensive. And a friend of his found out and raised the huge sum of money needed for the procedure by asking all of his friends. He didn't tell uh, Rabbi Schiffman that he was doing this, but he got 
Uh, he asked all of his friends to, uh, for support, and they all gave. Um, the rabbi says that he knows that some even gave sacrificially, that is, out of their lack, so that he could have this life-saving operation. And he says that he owes his very life to this act of selfless redemption. This is redemption at work in our lives today. When he reflects on it, he says that he wants to live the rest of his life in such a way that honors that sacrifice, that honors the sacrifice his friends made for him, to do good in the world, to be a blessing. And that is what, indeed what he does with his life. Beloved, this is how it should be with our relationship with Yeshua. <clears throat> the redemption that we have in Yeshua should, leave, should lead us to live our lives in such a way as to honor his sacrifice, right? He gave his life for us, so we should give our lives back to him. We should live as a redeemed people. God has redeemed our time. So how are we spending our time, right? God has redeemed our minds from the pit. So how is our thought life? What, do we, what are we thinking about on a daily basis? Are we living as a redeemed people? Are we taking Shabbat to truly rest, to spend time with God and with our loved ones? How do we see our struggles and our pains? <clears throat> Are we looking to our Redeemer through our trials? It's, again, it's not easy to do, but it is the right perspective. He wants us to look to Him. Even Job. Job is probably the one who suffered the most in Scripture. Do we agree with this? Right? He, he lost his children. He lost all his possessions. He, uh, and then he was covered in boils um, all over his skin. And this is what he says about God in Job 19, verses 25 through 26. Let's read it together. But I know that my Redeemer lives, that in the end he will rise on the dust, so that after my skin has been thus destroyed then even without my flesh, I will see God. This, of course, the word for redeemer here is the same word, goel, the same root that Jacob uses, that God is the redeemer of Jacob. It's the same word in the narrative of Ruth. It's the same word in the narrative of Exodus with Moses, goel. So let us cling to the hope of the redemption of God, whose fullness comes through faith in Yeshua. He is the Messiah of redemption. And let us live our lives in such a way to honor our 